All right, everybody, at this time, I want to welcome you to your one-stop shop for all things music, sports, entertainment, and so much more. Much more. I want to welcome you to the Fourth Wall Cast. Cast. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Today, Junior. But to be the man, you got to beat the man. And I'm saying, woo, right here. Introducing your hosts. First, he's filling prescriptions for your pop culture consumption. Let's give it up for Doc Oz. I once brought a jackass and a honeycomb into a brothel. They call him the third man in the booth, but he is number one in your hearts. Here's Sparky. What if we leave? Then you're wrong. That's a good question. Truth is, I am right. And now, at this time, introducing to you the host with the most, the baby face of podcasting. Let's make some noise for J.C. Bones. 60% of the time, it works. Every time. That doesn't make sense. No, my is an artist. I'm just a musical prostitute, my dear. It's time to make it pop with the fourth wall cast. Oops, I'm breaking the fourth wall, fourth wall. What up, fam? This is your third man, Johnny Smarks, uh, hosting the show this week. Uh, I am... Well, I'm a little out of my element, but I'm here with my good friend, the one and only Doc Haas. How you doing, man? Yeah, I'm back. What's up? How are you? <laughs> yeah, it's got done another day of teaching, doing some Zoom lesson teaching, trying to figure out the next step as uh, New Jersey gradually reopens, uh, trying to figure out if we're a school or a private business. That's been my new uh, fun train of thought to uh, think about, and we're going to be discussing that, I think, over the next few weeks thoroughly. I never thought of that. Yeah. Are you a school or a business? I consider you a school. I consider, well, the state of New Jersey considers us a private business, and so does Google, because Google won't give us a Google Classroom account. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, backwards time, and uh, podcasting is thriving because of it. I started a podcast, and, uh, you know, we have this podcast, and uh, just passing time, man. So... Let's get right into it, man. Uh, so the first thing I think we should talk about is The Last Dance. And I know you've been watching it. Oh, yeah. Uh, get end of, the se- end of the series is coming up, right? Or did it, it, it was this past. It was this past Sunday it ended. And it was, uh, you know, it, it was for me, I, I remember all of it, especially the the second three-peat. I vividly remember a lot more because I was, you know, was it nine, I was 11, 12, 13, or 12, 13, 14 years old for the second three-peat. You know, so I remember that one more in the first. So I know what happens. I remember Jordan hitting the shot in the final, in you know the the last shot and the and the flu game. I remember all. Oh yeah, oh um, yeah. It's a lot of controversy coming out now. Some of the uh, some some players are a little upset about the way they were portrayed in the film. Uh, the big thing about the Last Dance is promoted as a documentary of the '90s Bulls, but it's essentially a documentary about Jordan. So it's the 90s Bulls doc by default. But, you know, the 90s Bulls were Jordan. If I'm watching a 90s Bulls documentary, I, I mainly want to see Jordan. Be real. I mean, if you say 90s if you say nineties basketball, Michael Jordan is the first one that comes to mind. All right. And then maybe Dennis Rodman and 
Right. Well, he, <laughs> he, was also, well, he was also on that team, Dennis Rodman. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And Scott, you know, no disrespect to him or Pippen, who are both Hall of Fame players, and Tony Kukoc is a great player, and Steve Kerr, who's turned, who's become one of the best coaches in the NBA. Um, yep. Like, Michael Jordan is is the 90s Bulls more than anything else. He's 90s basketball, like you said, Smarky. So I definitely, uh, you know, I'm not upset that it was very Jordan-centric. I could see why someone like Horace Grant, who was on the first repeat, was upset when Jordan mm-hmm. basically, like, comes at him and says, you're the one who added us to uh, Sam Smith so we could write his book about us, and, you know, which Horace Grant vehemently denies, and he's, he doesn't like the way he was depicted. I think Scottie Pippen was kind of given the uh, the tough end of the, 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 the short end of the stick here. I think... He was depicted as uh, somebody who was very selfish, I guess. So I was about to say, what are your personal opinions about Scottie Pippen? Because I, I was reading a lot about that. I, you know, I think Scottie Pippen. So there's a couple of different situations. There's the famous migraine game, and that was the game seven against Detroit. You know, it was a game in the 1990 East Finals where mm-hmm. he had a migraine. And he didn't play well because, you know, if anybody's ever had a migraine, it knocks you out. You mean it's, it's it's the most awful feeling in the world. So he gets some slack, and and that, that Bulls team probably would have won the NBA title that year if, if Pippen had a healthy game. Let's be real; um, it just delayed the inevitable one more year. But they give him the flack for that, and they give him a hard time for you know not for taking himself out of that game against the against was it the Knicks when yes. he coach hit the game winning shot. So and I remember watching that as a kid. I do I, I do remember watching that game, but that's not the Scottie Pippen I remember like they showed nothing on the last dance about when Scottie Pippen gave maybe the greatest line of trash talk ever and I guarantee it didn't get put in there because Jordan is known for being the greatest trash talker ever but he did not do what Scottie Pippen did to Carl Malone in I think it was the second Jazz Bulls series uh Bulls final series and mm-hmm. Malone was at the foul line late in the game and Pippen goes up to him and he whispers something to him. And you see it on TV. Once again, remember watching this on TV as a kid. And he says something to him. And Malone chokes. And he doesn't He doesn't, He doesn't. doesn't get the job done. And after the game, they go to Scottie Pippen. And they say, hey, what would you say to Carl, to Carl Malone? And Carl Malone, whose nickname was the mailman. As, as yep. Yeah. No. They go, I do. the mailman The mailman doesn't deliver on Sunday. The game was being played on a Sunday. Oh, That's what he man. said to Malone before the shots. And Malone completely psyched Malone out. And, you know, but no one, there was no talk about that in the documentary. Like, that was great Scottie Pippen stuff. Or how Scottie Pippen pretty much led the team that season and a half Jordan was gone. You know, and how Scottie Pippen was selfish because he, he held out and he decided to have surgery before that last season when the Bulls, before that last dance, as it was called. Well, he held out because he wasn't getting paid enough. And the Bulls disrespected yep. him for years. Like, the only person that gave him flack for that was Jordan. But, you know, because that disrupted Jordan's plans. And make no mistake, Jordan is a selfish man. He only cares about winning. And, and I, 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 I'm, I get that. That's cool, man. That's how you got to be successful. Is that selfish? No, 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 no. Is no, that it's, selfish? You ha- it or is. is that, or is that him doing his job? It is. You have to be selfish to do that your job at an elite level when you're an athlete like that. To win six titles in eight years, you have to be selfish. Mm-hmm. You have to be obsessed with what you're doing. You think Wayne Gretzky wasn't hard on those Oilers teams when they were winning all those titles? And Wayne Gretzky is the only other. I'd love to. I'd love to talk to some like uh, some hockey guys or get some like opinions from like like like, like a podcast, like a spitting chicklets type podcast, because hockey is the only other sport like basketball where 
there's no question who the greatest athlete to ever play the sport was. Oh, absolutely. You like baseball, absolutely. you can debate it. Football, you can debate it. You can't debate it in basketball. You can't debate it in hockey. I guarantee Wayne Gretzky was just as hard on his teammates. I'd love to talk to some of those Oilers teammates about how Gretzky was. I can't mm-hmm. imagine somebody being that successful not being as, as, as crazy into it as Jordan was or Tom Brady is. You know, Tom Brady is at that level, too, where he commands respect from a lot. People are, are thinking the Bucks are going to go to Super Bowl this year, which I think is absolute nonsense. Uh, that's a talk That's a talk for another day. But they think it because you know Brady is going to command excellence in that locker room, and, he's, and you just assume he's going to get it. But he may not get it. You know what part of Jordan they didn't talk about in the last dance? Those, those two years with the Wizards where he still played well and he still balled pretty hard, but the Wizards were nothing to be to be bragged about. They were not a good team. So it's not just one guy elevating a whole team. Like That's a big part of it, but the team still has to follow, and you still have to have the right core of guys. And Jerry Krause, the GM who put that team together, he gets destroyed in this documentary, and the poor son of a bitch is dead. He can't even defend himself. Yeah, he can't. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So I'm looking at the list of the 90 people, 90 people that were interviewed for this. Other than the ones we talked about, who sticks out the most as far as an interview? Interviews? Oh, man. So besides Jordan? Besides Jordan, besides Scotty, uh, besides, you know, Rodman. Uh, I'm just looking at this There's some random names. Uh, the Steve, I thought the Steve Kerr interviews were really cool because he definitely okay. like, because these are very well-respected basketball. My, I mean, all those Warriors teams. I mean, those Warriors teams have been the best teams in the league for the past five years. So he's a respected mm-hmm. line. And he really, like, he had no problem. Like, he, he showed he had no problem coming at Jordan when he was a player and in this documentary. He had no problem, like, taking some of the stuff Jordan was saying and actually saying, that's a bunch of bullshit. Here's how it really went down. There was a couple, like, he defended Horace Grant, you know, and he he, he, he got, and he tells a story about how he got in Jordan's face when, he, when Jordan first came back and it was a whole thing. So... I liked his interviews a lot. Other interviews that really stuck out. Um, the Jerry Reinsdorf interviews really stuck out. The owner of the Bulls. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people, when they when Jerry Krause decided he wanted to break up the team after that last that last championship season, because that's the whole premise. He, he announced that the team was breaking up after the season, before the season started, and they still won the damn NBA title. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of talk that Jerry Reinsdorf wasn't the adult in the room and saying, like, hey, you're not breaking up the team. They can, I think we can win another title or two. Let's do some one-year contracts. But that's probably a lot easier said than done. Especially, be- and they, they wouldn't have gotten Pippen back regardless. And, you know, Jordan never won without Pippen. So I have no reason to believe that. I have no reason to... Listen, Jordan never won without Pippen, and Pippen never won without Jordan. And I have no reason to believe that Jordan would have won another title in Chicago Without Pippen, that team was gassed by the end of that season. They were on their last legs. I don't think they were beating the Spurs in '99. I don't think they were beating Tim Duncan, David Robinson in '99. So that's just you know they 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 probably would have went to the finals again. I mean the Knicks made the finals as an eight seed in '99. Yep. Or you know and that was because that was more because Indiana blew it. <laughs> oh Pacers. So anyway, oh, man. So yeah, but overall. The Last Dance was awesome. It was one of the best sports documentaries I've ever, I've ever watched. It was compelling, despite the you know, the the possible bias of Jordan producing it and his production company writing it. It was still informative. It was still well done. It was it provokes discussion. It provokes thought. 
And it gives you an insight on those teams because those teams were fucking magical to watch, man. It was like fucking watching Wizards play fucking basketball, especially Michael. I don't think basketball is like that anymore. I think basketball is so corporate now with, it's with soft. shoe deals and everything. It's soft. Well, I don't want to say soft. No, it's, it's soft. More about, it's about tricks. The game is called soft now. The game is called by okay. officials soft, and that's because that's the way this generation of player wants it. That's no, we, that's that, the, that's a whole other podcast listen, about this generation. It, it just listen. It just it is what it is, and I'm not saying that these guys don't listen. LeBron and KD and and Westbrook, they all work hard. They're all great players, and and they're a product of the, just like in the steroid era of baseball. You're just a product of your generation in that sport. And th- right now, the NBA is a league that that calls fouls quickly. You can't play as physical as you used to play. I mean. In the '80s, they used to. It was like freaking hockey out there. In the '90s, yeah. it toned. The '90s, it toned down a little bit. You know, but nowadays, I mean, you can't even touch a dude without a foul. And it's awful. I don't think the game's as much fun. I miss defense. I don't like just. I don't like just the three-point shooting all the time. I want to see passing. I want to see big men involved, and I want to see basketball. I want to see defense again, and I want to see teams be able to play defense without worrying about having to foul somebody for touching them with their pinky finger. Yeah. <laughs> Because that's what the fuck basketball's yeah, come to. No, you're not wrong. You're Watch not co- wrong. college basketball. I actually enjoy college basketball more than the NBA nowadays. I got real into Rutgers this year before uh, that season got canceled. Well, you're a fan of Rutgers sports anyway. But I especially got a fan into the. I never, I never really got into the basketball team until this year. But I just, I got into them because when I, you know, obviously they were creating a buzz and they beat Seton Hall by 20 and they're creating a buzz. I'm like, all right, I'll check this out. I just love the way they played the game. Yeah, just love the yeah, way yeah. that's like that's and I like the coach. Pykele's a great coach, and that's the and that's the other thing. Coaches like don't run the team like they used to. Even like when you're watching the Last Dance, like Phil still are they allowed? Phil right? That's the thing. I feel like that's different, and that's all sports. Like you can tell Phil's still the the man in charge in the room, Phil Jackson, when you're watching the Last Dance. But you know, but then you hear stories about how. You know, LeBron is kind of the guy who runs the show in his teens, and that's part of the deal taking LeBron uh, is that you uh, let him call a lot of the shots and let him build a lot of team. And to LeBron's credit, he's done a lot of winning. So he's won three NBA titles, and he's been to I think another five or six finals. Mm-hmm. So like he's 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 gotten the job done. Not quite like Jordan, but yeah. he's gotten the job done. Um, even like a guy like you look at the Mavericks with a Mark Cuban. Who the owner of the team, and he is unquestionably in charge, not the coach. That being said, Rick Carlisle has been coaching that team for like 10, 15 years now, I think. He's been there forever. So obviously, mm-hmm. him and Mark Cuban know how to work with each other. And that's mm-hmm. just really important. That was like what I also saw at the last dance. You know, you saw a team with all these egos just know how to work with each other. Like, like they knew how to handle Dennis Rodman. Like, they oh knew they were just like, like, most teams could never handle that. There's just, like, a teammate just leaves in the middle of the season and goes to Vegas or leaves during the NBA Finals to go fucking film an episode of Nitro. Like, <laughs> That's right. I forgot you know, he was on Nitro. Like, dude, he wasn't just on Nitro. He was on Nitro on an off day with the fucking NBA Finals. Yeah. Like, so, like, it takes a really special group of guys to, to bond like that with all those weird personalities. And then you get Jordan, who's like the biggest hard ass ever. And you get Pippen, who's like the quiet hard ass. And then you have Jerry Krause, who's who has his own ego and thinks he doesn't he can do it again. And 
you know, the Bulls haven't done it again. Let's be real. The Bulls have been one of probably the bottom tier of teams <laughs> in the league since Jordan left, you know. And a lot yeah, and they've had yeah, yeah, they've yeah. had bad luck, you know, and they've also made bad decisions. And uh you know, so I, I really I said that being all said, I enjoyed it. And uh, nice. I recommend it to everybody. It's, it's one of the best sports documentaries ever, man. ESPN fucking delivers with NBA documentaries and basketball documentaries. I think they deliver with all documentaries. I mean, Spe- the best one. Especially basketball. Yeah, their wrestling ones are really good, too. Their WWE their wrestling ones are great. wrestling documentaries, have you watched Dark Side of the Ring yet? I haven't watched any of them because I've been watching The Last Dance. Okay. I have not watched the Own Heart one, and he that's tear jerking. That's by choice, just because I I watched that pay per view, and um, it kind of I don't want to say it scarred me, but it you know it messed me up, and uh, I, I'm not sure I'm not sure I want to watch it just yet, just yet. Um, I mean, there there are some crazy ones. I haven't even watched the Benoit one. Um, it's it just oh, it, that stuff messes with me, man. I and watched then, the first half of the Benoit one, and it was it was like it was like it's dark. Yeah, yeah. The, the series is dark. You have to be ready for like a dark night. Like I, that's one of those things I'm probably gonna watch. Like I might try to watch with that Gabby because she likes the crime aspect and like the, yeah. the brain aspect of those things. Uh, to be honest with you, I've only watched two episodes. I watched the first one with Bruiser Brody, and I knew that story already. Right. And then I, I watched the... Uh, That's a uh, fucked the, up story, man. No one knows who did it. <laughs> no one ever will. No. No. No one ever will. Yeah. K-Fabe, I guess Kayfabe was alive then. So, but um, Kayfabe won. <laughs> I watched that one, and I watched the, the second episode, Match Made in Heaven. Which, Is that the Macho was, Man, Macho Man, Miss Elizabeth one? Okay. Yeah, and that... You know, and I just read an article on ESPN about about um, Randy Savage and how uh, Savage and his brother Lanny were trying to think of ways for Macho Man to get over, and he was still just Randy Savage. And he started talking to his voice of an older wrestler, and that you know that's the voice, the too sweet to be sour voice. And Lanny goes, "That's the last time I ever heard Randy's real voice." Like that's how much he was into that character, but he was what a tortured soul. But like his own, yeah. His no, own I always life. knew that his his he had his battles and his his journey through life was was yeah. tough. Um, well, like, or his journey through his is. professional career was tough. Did they get yeah. into Elizabeth's death? Uh, if I remember correctly, yeah, because I, I mean, and Lex is Lex is interviewed in it. Okay. Um, like it's. It's heavy. Like, there, oh. there's just so much heavy stuff in every sport. But, like, I think wrestling, just because back then there was no rules. And, like, and I, it's I, like I touring. Watch... It's, a, it's, the, it's it the grind. Like, no, none of the big four have to fucking travel like wrestlers no, do. No, no. None and of the big uh, four. Like, I didn't even watch the Von Erich one because the Von Erich one. I mean, like, I've read on what, what happened to Von oh. Erichs. Yeah. And, like, and like they're crazy. Oh, man. I, I do want to watch the assassination of Dino Bravo one. That one is interesting because he was like a mobster, dude. He was like a he was like with the mob. He was, I think, he was uh, selling cigarettes or something. He and was he doing owed something, and he owed some like freaking mobsters in like Montreal a ton of money, and they fucking whacked him, dude. Dude got fucking whacked. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, wrestling's um, got characters, man, and those cat and yeah, there was for just rough r- renegade type people wrestled. 
I need to I need to man up, throw some balls, and watch all these. Um, I just I don't know. I haven't been like you know I'm stuck at home. I don't want to be stuck watching dark stuff right now. I just um, I haven't got I mean I just watch things kind of at my own leisure. You know, it has mm-hmm. to. I said it, something has to be. I have to really be into something to watch it like right away. Like I was really into the '90s Bulls, and the '90s Bulls were also something like me and my stepdad used to watch a lot. Me and Tyke used to watch a lot, so that was mm-hmm. like bringing up good memories. You know, thinking of him again. You know, because we used to love watching those games. So that was like it was like a there was some, you know, just there's there a lot of warmness going on there. But you're right, man. Like Dark Side of the Rain, you got to be ready for like a dark, mm-hmm. twisted night of like mor- morbidness. <laughs> You know, it's funny you brought up the good memories thing. Like, I think a lot of, you know, there's a lot of reflecting going on during this time. And I opened a box and found a model rocket kit. And me and my dad used to build model rockets when I was a kid. And I I sat there and built it. It was super nostalgic. Like, I had a great time with it. Awesome, man. Yeah. She's sitting over there. Big Bertha. Yes, that's the name of it. So, moving on from uh, Last Dance. And I I definitely got to watch the, you know, I got to watch it. But, uh. Sports are starting back up, and I'm not counting wrestling here because wrestling never stopped. But um, the first sport to start back up was NASCAR, of all things. And well, not including, not including UFC, I guess, right? Not including UFC. Yeah. Uh, not, I'm not counting combat. Okay. How about that? All right. No, no combat sports here. Um, but NASCAR started back up, and uh, I watched the first race, and uh, you go racing, boys. Man, you could you could just tell how rusty some of these drivers are, but it was uh it was kind of cool to watch. Um, Kyle Busch and and, and uh, Elliot got into it. Someone threw up the finger. It was it was oh my god. Kyle Busch gets into it. Everybody. I'm not a huge NASCAR fan, but I do. I, I, I'll pay attention to NASCAR at times. Like I've been to a race before. I went to the Dover race once, and mm-hmm. it was a freaking blast, dude. Yeah. Yeah, it was a fucking blast to go down there like you get i got one of those like scanners i rented for the day and i listened to all like the pit talk and stuff oh I'm yeah like, i'm like this is pretty fucking cool i, was, I went with jimmy primer man and uh, uh yeah that was his, he's, he always says you gotta go you can enjoy it so i went i was like yeah dude this is dude. Like, it, it was a, it was an absolute blast so and you can bring beer into the track like yep. you can bring a cooler in the track why are so, this is this, it, it's, it's the most fan friendly sport ever without a doubt oh, absolutely i will give nascar I, that they're unquestionably the most fan friendly sport i'm a big auto sports fan i i like more um road racing like uh le mans cars euro stuff euro stuff i mean they do there's it's huge in the u.s you have sabrine you have uh you know there's a couple of big you know endurance yeah, races where you where you have uh you know not stock cars but like Open wheel, cars. open wheel cars yeah. and stuff. No, no, not open wheel. I'm talking like there's Porsches, Audis. Oh, okay, like 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 Gran Turismo type shit. Yeah, yeah. There, <laughs> are, also, there are also what are called LMP cars and stuff like that, which are well, LMP's gone, I guess. But basically, race cars. I like NASCAR, even though I don't watch it as much because oval racing is not really me. But it's more skill than you know, skill of passing. Then yeah. who's the fastest? Got to know about the drifting um, and everything, and how to tail a car, and yeah, when to oh, pass. So Kyle Busch spun out Chase Elliott. That's what happened. Okay, that's Harvick Kyle won Bush the race, right? Uh, 
Uh, I think so. Hey, he's been having a great season, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Harvick. I'm Listen, sure. what what I watch, I don't pay attention. I just watch cars and stuff. Like I don't know anything about any drivers. I know Toyota's using Supras now, which makes no sense. But oh, they stop using Camrys. Yeah, it's Supras now. Ford uses Mustangs. Like, Ford's, I think, using Mustangs for a while. They used to use Tauruses for years. Well, that's the thing. They were full-size cars that were the stock cars. Now, But do they even make Tauruses anymore? I don't even think they make Tauruses anymore. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. That's probably why they switched to Mustangs, because look at car production nowadays. Well, actually, what is Chevy you know, using? Uh, I don't know. Uh, you know Ford doesn't make any cars other than a Mustang now, right? They stopped making cars. No focuses, no nothing. It Just is. Not F1, even trucks? Like F-150s? They make trucks. Okay. They make trucks and the Mustang. Why? I don't know. That's what they decide to do. I mean, that's that's what they decide to do. It's weird. They probably just but, looked at they probably looked at their sales report <laughs> and said, "We we sell lots of these and not lots of these. Let's just focus on these." Yeah, I mean, I'm not a Ford fan. I I will never. I will. If never I see drive. Fords on the road. They're always their trucks or a Mustang. You barely see focuses. Yeah. You barely. I, I don't. They're not for me. Um, I, I have my personal reasons with that. It has to do with the founder of the company and his views towards certain groups of people. But um, I mean, they're, some of their cars are great. Like the F-150 is, is an amazing car. The Ford Focus was an amazing car, you know, especially the hatchbacks that they raced in rallies and in WRC and stuff. Mustangs are classics, not my favorite muscle car, but um you know me. I'm a Toyota Subaru guy. If I if I have I to pick an American sense. brand, my my American brand is actually uh, the Mopar brands: uh, Dodge, Chrysler, Plymouth. Oh, we know about you and the and the, and the uh, Chrysler baby. <laughs> yep. <laughs> for yep. those of you in uh, for those of you in, in listening land, uh, John's first car was a PT Cruiser. I feel like we've talked about the PT Cruiser on, oh, yeah, on the show before. Uh, the PT Cruiser with the, not the flames, but the flame silhouettes. Uh, that, oh, yeah. That car ended up in a nice um, nice uh, wrapping of Saran Wrap, senior year of college. That was one of my favorites. Who was that? That was Santoro. That was Greg Burroughs. Right. Was John Kingsley in on that? No, Kenny Silva was in on that. Kenny Silva was in I feel on like, that. I feel like John wasn't there and Kenny was there. Okay, going back to NASCAR real quick. I'm looking at pictures, and I guess they run Supras and Camrys. Oh, okay. It looks like Chevy's using Camaros. Yeah, Chevy uses Camaros now? Okay. All right, anyways. So, listen. Yes, my PT Cruiser. I love that car. It was a glorified Dodge Neon, whatever. Great car. A glorified Dodge Neon. I said it, not you. We always thought it looked like a hearse. That was always the thought. Like it kind of looks like a hearse. It was a hearse. Yeah. What was that supposed to be? <laughs> that was a good Paul Bear. I don't know what that first thing you did was. Oh, I have a really good Paul Bear. I was trying to beat Undertaker. I can't do Mark Kelly. So, so Doc, other than NASCAR starting up, it looks like that some other sports are going to be starting up with some weird rules. Well, they're just they're just like they're finally releasing some like possible plans for basketball for the nba and for mls and for uh and for the nhl uh the nba one seems to end in new orlando and i'm sorry and the mls one seemed to center around orlando with the nba's i think dealing with disney maybe they're both dealing with disney i don't know for sure i just know orlando and disney are the names i keep hearing 
Um, mm-hmm. The MLS, I think, would just be restarting their season again and just keep going forward. The NBA, and and I don't know if the NBA is is, is thinking about doing like, like eliminating the teams out of playoff contention. Like the NHL definitely is. Like their their plan consists of twenty four teams. The Devils are not one of them because they suck. Um, I feel like the NBA yep. will probably go down that route too, which means the next season is over too. <laughs> so, but the Nets will still be playing, as will the Rangers and the Islanders, in terms of local teams. So mm-hmm. yeah, and apparently what they'll do is they'll just kind of they want to have a couple games. They'll have a training camps to get themselves back in shape, have a couple games to finish out the season, and then just kind of start these weird playoff formats. So like the NHL one seems like this like a big like twenty four team tournament to win the Stanley Cup and I have kind of mixed reactions about a few healings about it. I just feel like if they think they can play again, just fucking start the season again, or or just or just end the season and start to play and or play like two weeks worth of games to get back into game shape and then end the fucking season and start the playoffs. Well, that's interesting way to think about it. I don't huh. like this 2014. I don't like the idea of the possibility of the 24th worst team in the NHL getting hot and winning the Stanley Cup. That is such a bullshit fucking Stanley Cup victory. And it's a bullshit NBA Finals victory. The NBA goes that road too. Though Do you think lot... it's going to go that way? I think the NHL seems like that's where I hear it more likely. The NBA will probably... I mean, the NBA doesn't really matter as much because the NBA is such a superstar-driven league. Like, you know, it's pretty much always LeBron's team. Now, Kevin Durant's team, James Harden, talk, Russell Westbrook's team, Kawhi's yeah, team. Let's talk about this, though. In in years where there are shortened seasons, strikes, whatever, right? do people still pay attention? It all depends on what the strike was about. Like, the baseball strike in 94, when they came back, nobody paid attention because everybody... That was that everybody was pissed at the everybody, the players, the owners. Like the hockey <laughs> strike of '04 was different because the hockey strike, a lot of there was a lot of uh, sentiment for the players. You know, they felt that we a lot of the fans thought the flight players were really getting the raw end of the at draw, and they were getting the raw end at the hockey players in the '04 lockout. They had every right to sit out that whole season. Mm-hmm. Like the amount of money that they weren't not getting, and it was it was embarrassing. So they do what they need to do that season. And when hockey came back, it came back strong that next season. So it all depends on the situation, you know. Even when, I, I mean, didn't football have a short lockout a couple seasons ago? No one gave a shit. I think so. Foot, foot, dude, football could, like, it could be, like, come out that the NFL was responsible for 9-11 and people would still fucking watch football every goddamn week. That's how obsessed we are with football in this country. Yeah. But uh, we get yeah, mad at ba- we get. I think we get more angry at baseball because baseball is the national pastime, and it's the sport with all the history, the Babe Ruths and the Mickey Mantles and the Willie Mazes and the Nolan Ryan's and the Derek Jeters and you know. And, and that, you can that, go on and on. You can go on and on. You know, football doesn't and hockey. Fo- hockey has that lore with Canadians. I'm talking about America here. Um, but you don't have that lore with the NFL or even the NBA quite as much. Like. You know, it's Jordan Bird and Magic, but even before Bird and Magic, like, you know, there's definitely, I feel like, a, a, a Bird and Magic was, like, when, like, the game as we know it really kind of took off. You can make an yep. argument for the 70s Knicks teams with, like, Clyde and Willis Reed, but, you know, it's, you don't have those, like, no one cares about, like, George Mekon, who was, like, one of the big stars of the early NBA. 
You know, he was this big center for the Minneapolis Lakers, and he was like the Wilt Chamberlain of his day, but no one... I know who I he is. I can't tell you anything yeah, about I know who he is because I love fucking sports. But yeah, you don't know what the fuck yeah. that is. You know, nope, you, I don't t- know tell me a fucking NFL player from 1935. But now tell me a baseball player from the 1930s. Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth, Joe DiMaggio, Lou Gehrig, the fucking list goes on. You yeah. know, so, <laughs> you know, you can, play, you can go back to freaking Honus Wagner, who played fucking baseball in the early 1900s, and most, and most baseball fans know who Honus Wagner is. That is the second time Honus Wagner has come up in co- my conversations today. I talked about Honus Wagner because a good friend of mine, Chris, was going through his cards, and apparently the uh, sports card scene the prices have started to rise again. I was reading that, man. I was, I was, I've been, I've been keeping my eye on that because I still have a lot of fucking cards, and I got some yep. cards in good shape. I got one of those. I know my dad has in in his attic or somewhere the upper deck '89 set with the Griffey rookie in it. I collected oh, baseball cards as a kid. That card, I have and, a couple and, sets. That card rated at ten, I think, is worth like. I think it's in. I, I've read somewhere that it gets into five figures if it's in perfect. Like I think it's. A, I think tens their numbering system. I forget, you know. But I, my, I don't know if mine would be in a ten. I feel like the one we have, me and my dad. Um, he always told was, me as a kid he got them for us. So I was like, hell yeah, you did. I like that. What was it? Is Beckett right? Beckett. Beckett was, the, was the big thing when we were kids. I don't know if Beckett's still a big thing. I was just reading this on Google yesterday, like that prices were going back up, and I'm sitting, I'm like. Fuck, man, I just got to pay attention because if they go back up and I notice they're plateauing, I'm fucking selling them. I'm not going to get caught again like I did last time. <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't know. Well, I'm on their website now. It still works, and it looks like, I don't know, let's put in Ken Griffey, see what happens. But in the upper deck, 89, Ken Griffey Jr. It's card number one. I got it right here. 89? Yeah, card number one. Hold on. Ken Griffey Jr., uh, 1989, Don Russ, number 33. Oh, okay, hold on. You That's all. Don Russ. We need Upper Deck. Upper Deck's the big one. That's the money all right. one. All right, hold on. Let's do this. Let's do... Uh, yeah, so that card... There are 4,300 different... <laughs> 4,300 uh, different right. what? These are people selling them. That's why. Oh, yeah, yeah. You got to get to just the list value. That's what, that's what I would like to know. Hold on. That's that's Griffey. considered one of the crown jewels of like baseball card collectors. Yeah. Griffey was such oh a God, prodigy. Look at him. He is a baby. Oh, I know, wasn't it? That picture? He was a prodigy, yeah. man. Here we go. Uh oh, that's Star. Upper deck number one. Yeah, it's the one. Fifty to one sixty right now. That's what they're going for? Yeah, I've seen them on Google today for like two fifty, three hundred. Like, I don't know what I'm. I don't really know. Oh, I'm not looking at the price guy. That's why I'm looking at people selling. All right, hold on. Here we go. All categories: baseball. <laughs> oh, I'm with teacher Smarky about baseball cards. That's what I collected. I got all your comics. I, I, no, I got baseball cards too. I have this collection. I have a collection of random cards of any player that ever played for the Mets. I have in this one collection. Interesting. Whether it's a Mets uh, card or not. Pricing grid. All right, so we want the 89 number one, right? Yeah. Not Bowman. We want upper deck. Upper deck. Log in to view. God damn it, Beckett. Oh, Never mind. Beckett denied. 
That's all right. We don't, have, don't even worry about it for now. We don't have time for that. Yeah. So, Doc, other than sports, I've been watching a lot of TV. What about you? I just started watching this show called Upload on Amazon Prime. Oh, that's with um, that's with Steve Amell's brother, Robbie, right? Yes, yes, right. He's the star of the show. He's 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 good. He I love I like his performance in the show. Show the premise of the show is awesome. It's it's in short, you know, where it, it, it takes place in 2033 in a world that where you can upload essentially upload your soul and all your thoughts and memories to a program that's like a think of it like a retirement community mm-hmm. and that's your afterlife. Like, so he, like, uploads himself, well, his girlfriend uploads him, that's a premise of the show itself, uploads him to, at this this place I would love, like, immaculate hiking in the woods, right on a lake, like, it's the place that I would pick to go. I remember looking at the the trailer, and the dude was sitting at his window turning the dial, and the outside went from... All yeah, you can, the weather could be anything you want. It looked like the house that we had from a bachelor party. That's where he's staying. That, oh, that house is beautiful. Yeah, that house was beautiful. But when I so that's the premise of the show. You go to this place, or you just die. So this place is like expensive. It's it's like it's like think like a Westworld. Now it's basically for super rich people. Westworld this is the same idea. Like it seems like it's for super rich people, and you got to pay a lot of money to be there. And but it's yeah, you know, it's really nice. It's a really interesting premise. Now I watched the first two episodes, and I did feel it was a little predictable. But as I okay. started, I was about to, I was just wrapping up the third episode when we started recording, and I like I really liked the way the third episode kind of turned at the end. So there's ten episodes in the season. It's on Amazon Prime. Very very cool show. I don't want to spoil it for anybody you know that wants to watch. But a really interesting premise. Like, think about a world where we inst- when we die, we can upload ourselves to an afterlife and have our, like, significant others meet us there, have our family be there, and we can all see our families again. Like, and it's all, it's not real. Like, you're, there's, there's, in the world he's in, there's glitches within the world, and, like, you, <clears throat> you can still commute, and you can still communicate with the real world, too. That's the other weird thing. So, Whoa. like, his, like, data which shows up as him as like a 3d person 3d image they think like you know when they did the snoop dog thing at coachella you know or the tupac was a snoop oh, yeah. tupac, the tupac thing at coachella tupac. yeah you know something like that and yeah. it's but he can connect like with his with his like his fiance apparently you could still fuck a, a real human like their suits so like the living person can get a suit. What? And, like, the dead person can get some sort of suit. And you could, like, 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 virtual fuck, I guess. Like, there's some, it's, there's some weird premises on the show that really gets you thinking, like, oh, I wonder if this could really happen. Like, in, in this, in this case, you know, 13 years from now, I feel like that's a little much. There's, like, floating cars on this show, you know. So, yeah, but, I, I don't see that happening. You have to, you have to, yeah, watch the show. It's definitely worth a watch. I feel like you'd be, I feel like Jess would be into it. So that that's a show that, you know, I've actually wanted to see. And actually, like, I didn't even know the premise. I just saw Robbie Mel was in it. And I know Robbie Mel because he was in um, the first season of Flash, okay. the original Firestorm. And his brother's just a fucking badass. Does all his own stunts and wrestler, like, and not like, not like a Dennis Rodman pro wrestler. The dude could fucking wrestle. First of wrestle. all, Rodman wasn't terrible. 
Carl Malone, Carl Malone, and Dennis Rodman were not tough, especially Carl Malone. Carl Malone was actually pretty fucking good. Yeah, yeah. yeah Carl yeah. Malone had his fucking shit together. Uh, but yeah, what Steve Amell, like when Steve Amell, like when he was at that first All In, like I was real impressed. I'm like, dude, he he looks like he can he, he can hold his own in the ring. Like that. Well, I saw him live. I saw him fight Cody in WWE. <laughs> Where? Uh, I saw it was at a pay per view. I forgot oh, 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 meant like, oh, you were at a pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah, it was at a pay-per-view. Were Newark? I don't remember. I think it was a SummerSlam I went to. And, I mean, it was a whole storyline because WWE was, like, promoting Arrow and Cody's character that shall not be named uh, was supposed to be this, you know, kind of superhero, supervillain type character. So they, uh, they fought each other. And Amel was great in the ring and you know he continues it now in AEW. I don't remember him fight. I guess I was supposed to watch in WWE at the I'll time. I'll tell you right now. Uh, no, you were. You were. <coughs> was it like SummerSlam like 2015 or something? I'll tell you right now. In it... Brooklyn? Alright. Uh... Went to one of the Brooklyn SummerSlams? Yes, it was a Brooklyn It was a Brooklyn SummerSlam and it was alright, so it was a Mel and Neville versus Stardust and King Barrett. And then they also fought... Oh, SummerSlam 2015 in Brooklyn. That's what it was. It was 15, okay, yeah. I, 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 so I was I was on a little break from wrestling in 2015 because I was and mad about... Fought, they fought on Raw, too. Yeah, I didn't watch a lot of wrestling in 2015 because I was on the road a lot in 2015. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I just wasn't... I was wasn't. I was actually watching a lot of old wrestling in 2015. So we, went to the, we went to the 2015 Royal Rumble and I was so fucking pissed at the time I wasted at that fucking Royal Rumble that I legit just stopped watching wrestling for. I didn't watch WrestleMania that year, which sucked because that was one of the best WrestleManias like the past 10 years. You know? Yep. And I just I, I clocked out. So I didn't even know. I, my first ex- exposure to Amel in wrestling was at the first All In. And he did great! Yeah, I was in. I was game. I just watched I just watched uh, Cody Sucker Punch him on this Raw episode. He jumped in the ring like he knew what he was doing. Yeah, he obviously he obviously and he was training. Pressed Stardust. Yeah, I, I think a lot of it has to do with his stuntman training too. You know, yeah, he's training. He's it's stunt, a lot of stuff. Learning how to fall is a lot of stuntman stuff. You know, and that's a lot of wrestling is too. Learning how to fall and take a bump and that's the stuff. Yeah, it's, it's very you're, like you're right, like you said, very similar so, uh, styles. I'm going to go back and watch this, I think. So other than uh, Snow... Uh, oh, my God. Upload, which is something i got to watch. There's another show I want to watch, and I always see ads for it while watching stuff for AEW, and because we just kind of leave TNT on because of cartoons and stuff. Um, this show called Snowpiercer. Have you heard of this show? Not heard of Snowpiercer yet. All right. So it, it's, it's, a, uh, it's a sci-fi show, and, and basically what it is is... It's, it's a remake of a, a Korean movie from 2013. Okay. And then there was also a show, um, a, a, another TV show before this one. Um, basically, what happens is it is post-apocalyptic. I hate saying that word. Um, basically, scientists are trying to cool down the earth because of global warming. And then they, what happens is they, they fuck up. And they pretty much throw the world into an intense ice age where everything's dead. And the only people who are alive are on this train called the Snowpiercer that circles the globe. And it just keeps circling the globe. And people live on this 1001 car train. 
And it has nothing to do with me liking trains, by the way. It just looks like a cool sci-fi show where it's like um, like a caste system, right? You got the rich people in the front of the train and then all the way back to the, like the poor people in the back. And it's dystopian, like people fighting and stuff. And um, huh. I don't know, it looks really interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. Is it like a, like a, like a, like a, is it like a battle, like where the people at the back of the train are trying to fight their way to the front of the train type of thing? Something like that. I think, you know, I haven't watched it yet, but basically I think it starts out with a murder and goes Ooh, from like there. Um, the main character Nothing is like actually... like good murder. No, I love murder. I love a good murder. Uh, Jennifer Connelly is one of the main actors. Yeah! She's, she's so good. That's she's the one. So she's good. The, she's the one from the Labyrinth, right? Labyrinth. The kid, the, kid, the, the teenage... Yeah! Yeah! Career, I'm trying to think what else she was in. Career opportunities. She was in a Rocketeer. Was she in a Rocketeer? Right? Yeah. Was she, she in the Rocketeer's Rocketeer. girlfriend? Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> like she was. She was in a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, I always uh, remember her from the Labyrinth. Man, Beautiful Labyrinth. Mind. That's right. I'm looking at it now. She was in a Beautiful Mind, and I fucking love that movie. Um, you know, I've never seen a Beautiful Mind. Oh, dude, take the time to watch it. True story. No, I know amazing, it is. I, I know. Movie. I know. I heard it's, it's, it's Russell Crowe, right? Yes. The, Pr the Princeton teacher, right? Yes. Yeah, okay, yeah. yes. Um, de definitely, definitely worth watching, of course, based in New Jersey. Um, but, uh, yeah, Snowpiercer looks cool. I want to go back and watch the, the movie, too. Um, obviously, with subtitles, but... <laughs> I don't know. There's a whole bunch... I, I think it's going to be really cool. Oh, I apologize, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, my goodness. Cinderella's oh, turning um, into a... Cinderella's turning yeah. into a pumpkin. I know, man. I know, man. And then, like, uh, David Diggs in it. David Diggs, uh, he's from Blackish. He was also in Hamilton, um, which is pretty cool. Uh, and, like, you know, I don't know. It looks really cool. And these are shows I got to get to. Right now, I'm kind of finishing up. See uh, Arrowverse that I that I kind of forgot to watch, mm -hmm. which is pretty cool. But these are shows I'm definitely going to watch. And then we were also watching um, a show called Miracle Workers. You ever hear this show? No. Um, so Miracle Workers is actually really good. Um, it's basically, it's actually kind of like uh, Upload. But okay. basically, it, it's, it's people that are dead. And basically what they do is they, um, Heaven is uh, a company. And they all work in this company. And um, basically, they just kind of, I'm not explaining it right. Basically, you have these people that work for heaven and they're like avoiding bad things happening. And every season is a different story, which is pretty cool. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe is in it. Oh, okay. I'd like me some uh, Potter. Yeah, he's he's really good in it. And I basically, like the first season, uh, <laughs> the first season's pretty cool where God just kind of gives up on Earth. He's going to blow it up. And Daniel Radcliffe's character has to... And, and his friends have to convince God not to blow up Earth. Um, just so you know, I'm watching it for Daniel Radcliffe and God because God is played by the great Steve Buscemi. Oh wow! Just that alone, Daniel Radcliffe, Steve Buscemi—that's a killer yes. cast right there. Yes. So I don't. I, I can't I, think if I don't think I've ever seen Steve Buscemi in something I don't like. He's a great actor. Yeah, I loved him in The Sopranos. I loved Boardwalk Empire. Though I, yeah. I actually didn't finish Boardwalk Empire because I watched the first two seasons and then we stopped having HBO in my house growing up. Mm -hmm. So that's something on my list to do one day. Um, I've <coughs> never had HBO, so I miss everything that's on HBO. I love I've never Airheads. seen Sonic Highways. I've never seen... Oh, Airheads is great. I've never <laughs> seen Sonic Highways. I've never seen... Sopranos? You know, 
Well, I'm watching Sopranos now. Oh, uh, Sopranos song. are fucking great. Yeah, man. Um, you know, oh, you know, speaking of HBO, Gabby and I also have uh, started diving back, diving into the new season of Westworld. Westworld's a pretty badass show. Shout out to Warpath Archery. <laughs> That's right. Um, so, listen, what else is going on? So, other TV shows, I mean, I mean, we are podcasters, but I do... I do listen to a lot of podcasts. My favorite podcast of all time, other than the stuff on the fourth wall, is The Way I Heard It, which is Mike Rowe. You might know him from Dirty Jobs. Um, great man, great fan, and a great advocate for trade work. Trade work, which is something that is very important to our economy and our way of living. So he has common sense. He does. Yes. <laughs> and if you've never listened to his podcast, um, basically every week... He tells a story about a famous person in history um, or a famous event in history, but doesn't give you the people's names. And uh, you have to guess. It's the nice. coolest thing. That sounds like a fun like road trip podcast. It is. It's right up your alley, too. Yeah. Um, I love it. So one of my students, who's one of my adult students, is a big, uh, great, great guitar player, actually, boy Pete. He uh, got me into spitting chiclets on Barstool Sports, which is like what those is there. I don't know. I mean, I've just started getting into Barstool a little more recently and their content. I like Barstool. So I'm still like digging into what they have. But spitting chiclets has been like the, t- the t- tickle of my fancy. One, for those of you who don't know, it's, it's, it's a hockey-centric show, but you don't need to be a hockey fan to really enjoy and appreciate the show. Because they do get into pop culture, they're funny as all hell. They're very knowledgeable. They're smart, mm-hmm. and they make they make they really help you make Boston accents tolerable. I mean, two to three guys are just thick New England accents. Uh, Ra is the host of the show. Who's one of Barstool's like main guys, I believe. Yep. And then um, the big thick New England accent, and Ryan Whitney's on the show, former player. Uh, Thick New England accent. He played with the Pens, and along with uh, Paul Bissonette, aka Biz Nasty, who is Biz Nasty. Biz Nasty, who is who is who's my favorite on the show. He's 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 the one that he's the money maker as far as as, as for me at least. They're all great, but he's the he's the one I really enjoy listening to more than anything else. He's absolutely hilarious. He's the color commentator for uh, the Arizona Coyotes, and he he also kind of sounds like Ken Danico. I don't know if, if I'm if I'm stepping out of line by saying that there, but every time I listen to the show, I was like, and maybe I don't know if it's a Canadian accent type of thing, but he says like, man, he sounds just like Danico, and I think of color commentary, and it all comes together for me. I love Danico's anyway, voice. I do, I do too. But anyway, I've been listening to them a lot. I really love their show. They drop a lot of really cool hockey knowledge. They have a lot of really, they have a lot of good opinions on just the world we're living in, and you know what makes sense for hockey to start again. And they also get into, you know, they talk about The Last Dance, and they talk about TV and pop culture, and great podcast on bar on Barstool that I, I check out very frequently. And I've also nice. listened to Bill Simmons' podcast a lot, because I like, I just, I like Bill Simmons. Funny, I, I'm a New York sports guy, I'm listening to all these fucking Boston yeah. fucks. Yeah, what's up with you? Well, listen, man, I gotta... They're entertaining, man. man. I can't Boston fucking media, help it. Yes. You know what, it, it's, it's the way of life up there, I think. And, like, even though, you know... For those who don't know, Doc and I lived in Boston for a few years, and you know, there, there's just something about New England that, you know, is just 
I don't know. It's their way of life. I love it. You know, I love it up there. They definitely love their sports up there. I mean, they fucking they love their sports up there. They're, you know, like, the Red Sox are like a fucking religion up there. Yep. You know? Yeah. And these dudes, yeah. like, they're all, like, 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 Whitney, you know, they're, I mean, they're, and, you know, R.A.'s a huge Bruins fan, and, like, you know, you could tell they're just, and Ryan Whitney's a big Bruins fan. You can just tell they know so much about the game. I give, you know... You know, ever since Bobby Orr came to Massachusetts, Massachusetts became a hotbed for hockey in North America. And they really do have good hockey fans that are pretty damn smart up there. I'll have to give them credit where credit's due, even though all their fucking sports teams suck a big fucking yeah. <laughs> Watch it. You might might have a hit out on you soon. Um, so yeah. other than Enjoy podcasts, life without Brady, assholes. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. So other than podcasts... Obviously, we're musicians. We listen to a lot of music. But one thing that we have been kind of geeking out on with our friend Anthony is um, Dave Matthews' Ben Driving. We've talked about it the past two weeks. Yeah. This week was cool. They did a bit of an old school show from 2006. Boyd made his first and, appearance. Leroy made his first appearance. Oh, man. It was it was, it was tough to watch. And again, Butch. Man. And Butch. Leroy. Yeah. Yo, Dude. Butch's 1979 We Are Family Pittsburgh Pirates t-shirt. Was what is awesome? I, like I was watching, like when I first started watching the show, and I'm like, like what the fuck is Butch wearing back there, dude? And then they finally show a close up. I was like, where the fuck did he get the We Are Family T-shirt? Do you know about the 1979 Pittsburgh Pirates at all, uh, girl? Vaguely, vaguely. So they their their theme song was We Are Family, and that was like their whole thing. We Are Family. Did they make a video for it? Oh, there's a, there's a whole it was a whole promotion oh. thing, and they if they played it at every game and. It would sing, the fans would sing it, and it, Willie Stargell was like well, towards the end of his career he was like the leader of the team, and they won the fucking World Series that year, and they beat uh, the, uh, the Orioles, who were one of the great underrated teams of that era of baseball, and they beat them in the World Series that year. But anyway, just to have that shirt was pretty awesome, and I want to know where he got it from, and I want one in the worst way. So, fam, if you ever come across a 1979 Pittsburgh Pirates We Are Family shirt? And you're actually able to decipher what the fuck that even is. Because I know the shit that really interests me is fucking out there. Pick it up. Send it to me. <laughs> I got Venmo. I will, I'll Ven Ven Venmo you whatever you need me to Venmo you to get it. And you can send it right here to New Jersey. And I will wear that proudly. I'm a fucking Mets fan. I'll wear that proudly. Me and Doyle always talk that if, the fucking, if we ever ditched our teams, we'd become Pirates fans. Um, Pittsburgh is my, is my second favorite sports city for some reason do i have a someone if i have a second favorite sports city except except the islanders because long island that's still new york though that that doesn't count okay that's still All new right. york um i don't know i never thought about that um i'm a notre dame fan and they kind of aligned themselves with chicago sports but i'm definitely certainly no fucking cubs fan i got a soft spot for the white Sox. i met frank thomas once outside of a hotel in boston Frank Thomas, you look great. What have you been using? <laughs> Dude, he looks exactly the same now as he did. Me and Steve-O met him in 05, the year the White Sox won the World Series because they beat the Red Sox in the first round, and we were living in Boston then. So me and Steve were just like, you know, my buddy Steve's a big White Sox fan. We'd say, let's go down in a hotel and uh, to see if we can meet some players. Man, we met Frank Thomas and Rock Rains down there, two Hall of Famers, dude. I was freaking awesome. I was, and, and I got Frank Thomas to autograph my Bad Festival shirt. Remember the Lakewood Bad Festival? Of course you do. Was, oh, my God. Of yeah, course. we played a gig at that. We gigged the Lakewood Bad Festival. That fucking shirt that we got that day is autographed by 
Frank Thomas and Tim Raines. I believe it's in my storage unit somewhere. I'm going to frame it one day when I have a house. Oh, my, oh my God. <laughs> Frank Thomas, the big hurt. Andy Van Slyke, fuck, Andy Van Slyke's giant arms. <laughs> oh like, Andy God. Van Slyke, you're more jacked now than you were when you played ball, man. <laughs> I just, oh. I, what do you I, think of eugenics? Would you, what do you think of eugenics? I don't need it. But if you, what, you're 55 years old, and it's still on the market, and it's worked, would you do it? Um... Hmm. I don't know. I'm utterly I, obsessed with not getting old. I can't say I wouldn't do it. Oh, I am too. I am. I am Dorian Gray. Trust me. Um. Uh, Doc, I'm sending you a text message right now, and I'm doing it on here so I can get your reaction to what I just sent you. This is weird. Get damn my phone on me. Second. Oh wait, wait. Don't open. Did you open it? Oh, he found it. Second oh, that's not the shirt though. I know it's not, but it looks like you can get We Are Family shirts. Dude, that Willie Stargell We Are Family shirt's fucking awesome. That's the awesome. one I'm talking about, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I would dude. Shirt. I would absolutely wear that shirt. <laughs> um, oh, man. So, Dave Matthews Driving uh, has been really cool. Uh, this, the show this week was from 2006. Apparently, it was Rashawn Ross's first official show. He had guested in 05 a couple times at Red Rock and stuff. But this show apparently was the first one as him as official member. And it was a great show. Great, great set list with a couple of songs that you don't really hear. Obviously, uh, they had an album called Stand Up that had come out uh, during that time period. And there was a lot of songs in there uh, from from that album that he, he never really played after that, like Hunger for a Great Light, um, which is a great song. The one thing he didn't play, and I was kind of sad, was I did not hear American Baby. And I fucking love that song. That's a cool song. That's a groovy song. Yes. Yeah, yes. That's, a, that's a groovy too. I like, I like the sax in that song. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I like that song a lot. The other thing, and, I you know, I don't know if this is a thing to you, but, you know, I like talking about this. Um, the sax player, the original sax player, Leroy Moore, he played a lot more alto than um, Jeff Coffin does. And you can hear the difference in the band, which is pretty cool. Um, and it was just... It was really cool. To it's hear, cool man. because there's definitely like I asked you last night. Is there is there like a a line like that Dave Matthews fans have like for time, much like like you know Christians do for like Jesus's death, like you know, there's BC and AD. Is there like a you know BB and after B before Boyd and after Boyd? There is not. Um, it, it, like I, I think I told you this last night, but it was uh... one fluid history. It's just one fluid history of people coming in and out of the band. Now, listen, this show, uh, May 30th, 2006, uh, Maryland Heights, Mo, Montana. Missouri. Lots of cool things. Missouri. Missouri. Why did I say Montana? Missouri. MT My is Montana. That's right. So this is a live track show, Live Tracks 25, uh, great, which was a, you know, it's a great series that they put out. There's a lot of things in here. First time Granny has opened a show since 2004. First time Raven has been played since 2002. Uh, remember that's gone. only four years ago at that yeah point. right first time grace's gone was played uh since 04 proudest monkey since 03 
First time every day closed the show since 04. Now, dude, get the fuck out of here. Every time I fucking go see Dave Matthews, he either closes his goddamn set or his show it every day. It's like a nope. goddamn guarantee, man. Nope. Every single time. I've seen him like seven or eight times. I feel like at least four of those times he's closed the first set or the show it every day. It's funny you say that. Uh, I don't know. He closed the set with every day on this show. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. First time it's closed since so I like every day, man. That's a good song. I love that. I love the the video for it. There's a lot of That's a great video, man. As I I don't and I we we are we talked about every day in this text and my feelings about the uh the fans seating thirty six and my thoughts on it. Oh honey, honey. Uh which I which I I I I didn't mind it. I've I've come to this conclusion. I didn't mind it, I think, when Boyd was in the band because I didn't really care as much when Boyd was, like, playing or his solo, you know, which I, I, I hate the kind of shit on Boyd like that as a player like that, but it's just, you know, reality of it, Boyd's more of a vibe thing than he is, like, a crazy soloist, you know, but now, like, that solo has been taken by Buddy Strong, and, well, I want to hear what the fuck he's soloing on, like, I want to hear his fucking solo, I don't want to hear a bunch of fucking... Asshole fucking white people fucking singing hey, hey, over this fucking badass organ solo. Like, we get mm-hmm. it. You've been a Dave Matthews fan since 1995, and you have some fucking bootleg from Miller's uh, from the first time Dave got a boner while playing. Ooh, Trump's look Trump's at movie. you knowing like, Miller's. I fucking, I've played Miller's, dude. I know, I know. Dude, fucking, uh, first time you've been to Miller's, and you got a fucking, Dave got a boner at this show the first time ever, and. I get it. You're a fucking big fan, and you know the fucking throwback shit. But, dude, this guy's up here fucking shredding and laying down some fucking solo shit that the Dave Matthews, like, soloing shit that this fucking band and you fucking fans or Dave Matthews fans have never fucking heard. Like, listen, man. Listen to the fucking... Like, I, I just now, bugs me. It I will me. tell you, when I saw last year when Buddy first came into the band... Uh, when he soloed, there wasn't a lot of cheering and stuff. People were listening because I think they were like, all right, man, let's see what you can do. Can you be part of his band? Like, People get like so territorial. I, I get it, cause it, and especially because you know, the five of them, you know, the, the core five of them of the original, of the classic lineup, were together for so long. When Leroy died right. in, what, 2009? And Boyd's been gone since, what, 2015, 2014? Something like that. It's been about, like, four or five years since Boyd's gone. So, you know, there's... And Dave's got a big cult following, but, you know, to Dave's freaking credit, I mean, he just completely took... He, he just reinvents the band like it's nothing, and mm-hmm. they still sound honest to themselves, but they're fresh now. Like, that was the one that I really took away from last night. Last night was still such a great show, and I loved getting that old-school vibe again, but it really shows how impressive... Dave, and I'm going to especially single out Dave Carter and Stefan here because they're the three OG members now, and how mm-hmm. they've been able to transcend their sound to almost like a new band almost. I mean, you know, yeah. I talk all the time. I think Stefan Lassard has improved so much as a bass player. I thought he was, I yeah. think you know, a lot that he went through this, I feel like he went through this phase where he got really busy. Um, Santoro chalks it up to him hanging out with Victor Wooten too much. <laughs> I mean, if I if I hung out with him, I I would do the same thing. But you know, I don't think he has. I think now, like you know, because the band's just like it's funkier now, and you really see them all buying into that. And I think that's pretty cool to see that they've evolved like that, and they've been able to take like you know, like you know, not many bands have been able to do that. Like Aerosmith pulled nope. that off, you know. Um, there's just not many others that have though. 
So I um, it's 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 it gives it made me show a lot of respect last night after watching. Ladies this and job. gentlemen, Doc Haas is frozen. I can hear you. Oh. You didn't have to do Doc- that. I can hear you. Oh, I couldn't hear you. Oh, okay. Frozen. I'm sorry. I'm back. I said, well, so here I'll clap. One thing I took away from uh, last night was just a lot of respect. A lot of respect for the man. Yep. Yeah. And what yep. they can do. So I got a tidbit about the show. So there's a great website called DMB Almanac, which is a set list tracker and an analytics website. And it, jam bands analytics are a big thing. The band played oh, this, I know. this night, hasn't played it. It's, you, know, you know what I mean. Yeah. I'm just talking to our listeners. Yep. So on May 30, 2006, the show we're talking about, they sound checked a song three times in a row. Both songs they sound checked because they did one three times and then one after are songs that were new in 2006. The song they played last was a song called Kill the King, which has never been released. It was on the Lily White Sessions. The song they played three times was a song that was not released on an album until the last, the last album, the album that just came out, 2019. Um, it's a song that debuts two days later on June – or two shows later. I apologize. Two shows later on June 2nd, 2006, and it's my favorite Dave Matthews song, so that's why I'm bringing this up. The song Idea of You. Okay. Not on an album to 2019 is debuted in 2006. He's got a lot of songs like that that he plays for years before releasing well, them on studio it's, albums. It's funny you say that because Kill the King is one of them. Um, and then the other song they're sound checking during this time is a song called Break Free, which is not on an album. Maybe a live album, but not on a studio album. I can't think of a, of a studio if you album heard, that you, was on. If you, you know it. But, but um, it's pretty cool how the songs evolved and the cool thing about that song, Idea of You, is on the album version, on uh, the most recent album, is that the opening of the song sounds like a live show. And it was Rashawn's idea to basically take a, a live recording of the beginning of the show or beginning of the song and then kind of segue into the studio version. Okay. The like, other Benny, cool th- like Benny and the Jets? <laughs> Betting and Jets is not live at all. I know it's not live at all. I know. <laughs> but what's you know the other cool thing about that song is that Leroy is actually on it. They took his recorded tracks that he. Oh, on, nice. So. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of that, man. Yeah, I know. So, yeah, yeah. Especially then. I mean, Leroy. That was. I mean, that's just. Do you remember we were we were working the day he got hurt? Yeah, it was the, the day he cotton. died, man. Yeah, I remember that. We were also working together the day that Michael Jackson died. I remember these things vividly, man. We were, yeah, we were both asleep that day. We were not, I remember where I was when M, I heard M Whistle died. I was at Blue Claws. And you were working um, at Blue Claws, but you weren't, you didn't work with I was. Him. No, I was working, working in a parking lot. You were in the lot. I was in the stadium. Yep. With, uh, you brought it to you. Oh, um, dude, what the hell is his name? I love that kid. Josh, he's awesome. Josh. Yeah. Um, so, Doc. It was great having you on. Oh, wait, this isn't Getting Grilled. Um, <laughs> That's soon. Getting Grilled, Tuesdays, 2 p.m. Anyways, so ladies and gentlemen, that is really all the time we have for you today. Uh, we went over a lot of shit, and we really didn't talk wrestling, and that's kind of weird. It's okay. That happens. There is a wrestling, there's tons of wrestling shows on the network, so you can get your fix there. Um, I'm going to leave it to Bones, who's going to do the intro and outro to the show, to tell you where he, you can find us, because... I miss his voice, and I want him to do it. 
Doc, where can we find you? You can find me on the gram at D-R-H-A-A-S-E. Do not call it the gram. What's wrong with calling it the gram? Uh, I don't know. Oh. Uh, on the Instagram or the Insta, apparently I um I did the cool thing with the wrong, uh, sil- uh, was it a syllable? Yes, syllable. Um, on the Insta, you can follow me and all my hiking adventures. Um, yes. I'll work my way towards Mount Whitney this September. They got some good pictures from Bear Mountain up there this past weekend. Crushed another one of my favorite places. Crushed another fifteen mile, fourteen point nine miles. I'll be honest, fourteen point nine miles and get these stats, dude. Fourteen point nine miles, three thousand three hundred and ninety nine feet of elevation gain. So just nice. short of fifteen and just short of thirty four hundred. <laughs> nice, hell yeah. That's awesome. So, yeah, just some crushing action going on. You know, you just gotta. Eat. I'm just trying to get myself in shape. Whitney's a fucking hell of a hike, 22 miles, 6,000 plus feet. You know, I got to be able to freaking knock these out. So, me and Ed Wilkes been going out on the weekends. No, I'm gonna join you soon. Hikes. Yeah, I'm dude, gonna I'm gonna. I might go out on Monday, just down around here too. I ain't going crazy on Monday. I've already put in 50 miles this month, so I, I'm gonna Ooh. take a little. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take a little break this 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 weekend and. Maybe on Monday, go out early. I want to go out early and be home for the rest of the day. I need to chill out. That's fine. Too busy this weekend. Oh, folks, you can find me on the gram, as Doc Haas calls it, (laughs) at Getting Grilled Podcasts, where you can find info on my podcast. I don't post much on social media, but um, follow me on there. (laughs) I hear you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is all the time we have for this week. Thank you so much. Be well, and I almost said my catchphrase. Damn it. I don't have one. <laughs> and, the, the, hey, and the famous words of Dave Matthews, eat, drink, and be merry. For tomorrow, we die. die. Wow, that was kind of a morbid ending to the show, right? Anyways, guys, it is Johnny Smarks with you here at the end of the show. And I just wanted to tell you, because we didn't do it in the show for some reason, to please like, share, and subscribe, Fourth Wall Pop Network. We really, really love that you like our show and continue to support our network. And uh, we hope you continue to do so. Until then, we'll see you next week. And uh, definitely check out the other shows on our network if you get a chance.